speaking of having your life turned around, I believe we're pronouncing this Markadala. Markadala? Markadala. Where's Markadala? Baptized in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Woo! Amaya. Where's Amaya? Right there. Baptized in Jesus' name. And I have already had two tell me before church today they're wanting to be buried in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins after service. Amen. Amen. Sister Patsy's daughter. Is it Patsy? Daughter. Brianna. My wife would know. Brianna's being baptized. And I believe it's Ryan. Being baptized after service today? Is God awesome or what? And I want to tell you, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, the Bible says it's the only name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Colossians tells us everything you do in word and deed, do it all. In the name of Jesus. Woo! They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Simon Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, the promise is unto you, your children. As many as the Lord our God shall call. To them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Nothing like just simply obeying the word. No twist or turns. Just obey the word. It's beautiful. Book of Luke chapter 2. To our guests, we welcome you on this December the 29th, I think. Is that right? Somewhere's real close to that. You've digested your Thanksgiving turkey. You have gotten over not getting the gift for Christmas you wanted. And now here we are in the house of the Lord. The last Sunday before 2020. Do you remember when we turned the year 2000? Some of y'all want to show your age a little. When we turned the year 2000, and the whole world was going to fall apart on that day. Big 2K. I want to tell you, nothing's going to fall apart until he's ready for it to fall apart. He's got this thing in order. And the world has seen such great revival over the last 20 years. And uh, I believe and know that the church is going to continue to thrive and be powerful in the year 2020. You know, they call that vision, right? 2020 vision, that perfect vision. And we will pray for the Lord to give us that perfect vision for revival. And everybody say New Year's service. This Tuesday night at 10 p.m. We are going to shout and worship the Lord. We're going to have testimonies. We're putting together a little 
video that's going to kind of run through the year for us and of 2019, and we're just going to have a wonderful time. Following Sunday, we're going to be having a very intimate service um, here. We're going to be having foot washing. We're going to be having communion. And the church is going to be preparing our hearts and our minds and our spirits for this great year that God has given us. We're going to be announcing some wonderful changes New Year's Eve and also during that first service that's going to be taking place here at the church that we believe is just going to be a great blessing uh, to the church and to our children and just see wonderful growth uh, here at the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. Book of Luke chapter 2 and verse number 6. The word of the Lord says, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, we had a Christmas drama last week. Wow, what a great job they did. If you were here, you know how wonderful it went. And so, pastor is using today to talk to us about the reason for the season. That's not my title, but um, I don't want to let Christmas go by without talking about what was really going on, and what was uh, really happening. And now that you got all of that uh, Christmas open and stuff, you know, I think Christmas is the only birthday of someone that everybody else gets a gift but whose birthday it is but that's all right I guess that's all right and uh, for all you Bible scholars and theologians I am not saying Christ was born December 25th he's probably born sometimes in June we don't know when it was but it is the day that we've chosen to celebrate and give thanks to the Lord that he would send his only begotten son, amen, into this world to shed his blood that you and I might be saved. I want to talk to us for a few minutes tonight, this morning, excuse me, on the subject, the vulnerable Christ. I can barely say that word, so I probably won't say it again during the whole message, but look at your neighbor and say, Christ is vulnerable in your hands tell somebody else Christ is vulnerable in your hands all right Lord we thank you for your goodness your mercy your love upon us I pray that you move upon this congregation that you touch us today Lord with that 
power of the Spirit, that our minds are captivated and our hearts are drawn to you, that revelation will flow into this place, Father. We ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus that we would leave here today with a better understanding of what that day was all about when you came into this world for us. And we ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. May the Lord bless you. You can be seated. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord and give him praise. The Bible says there in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 6. That while they were there. Now on the offset of this message today. I certainly hope that you understand and believe that pastor most definitely believes that God has all of these things in control. And that there is nothing that takes him off guard. No matter what situation comes into your life or what incident may be arising in your life, it is not taking God off guard. You might be surprised, but he wasn't. From the very beginning of time, the Bible says, before the foundations of the world were laid, Christ was slain. In the mind of God, in the foretelling, and the fact that he dwells in eternity, God knowing all things from the beginning to the end. The Lord had all of this in control. However, I cannot help but look into the Word and realize how vulnerable He made Himself to man. That even while He was in the womb of Mary, where he would be and what he would be doing was left at the decisions of a man. The Word tells us prior in the Word of God here that Augustus had sent out a decree that all of the world would be taxed. That men were to take their families and they were to return to their hometown where they were born and there they would be accounted for and they would pay a tax. And so because of the order of a man, a baby in a womb of Mary who one day would die and shed his blood for the world was at the mercy of men. And so Mary makes her way Mary and Joseph makes their way into a little place called Bethlehem. Of course, we understand and realize that God had all of this in place. And it is foretold in by the prophets of old that out of Bethlehem he would come. And so here we are there in the city of Bethlehem to pay their taxes. He came into this world, made himself vulnerable to men. John chapter 1 and verse number 1. 
In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Everybody say the Word was God. But verse 14 reveals something to me and you that is so powerful. This word that was God, it was made flesh. Everybody say flesh. And it dwelt amongst us. And we beheld the glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Paul put it this way concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. That means in all of the frailty and the weakness and the vulnerability that comes with being human was there in the flesh our God made vulnerable, removed himself from a celestial throne, surrounded by a host of angelic beings. He came down to this earth, wrapped himself up in flesh. And he did it for you and I. Tell your neighbor the Lord made himself vulnerable for you. Luke chapter 2 verse 11 For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord and this shall be a sign to you you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger I look at that swaddling clothes soft, delicate, tender Warm. Why would a God of the universe have to worry about being cuddled, about being held, about being protected with some kind of wool or material? I'll tell you why. He made himself vulnerable. Who was he, Isaiah says? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Matthew said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Stay with me for a few moments. Galatians 4 and 4 tells us, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made, watch this, made of a woman, made under the law. 
He did not only bring himself into this world and subject himself to the hands of men, but he subjected himself to his own rule and his own law. And on the eighth day, he was circumcised. The Bible tells us in Luke 2 and 21, according to the law of Moses. Look at 2 and 25. And behold, there was a man, everybody say a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon and the same man was a just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was on him and it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before the hand before he had seen the Lord's Christ watch this he came by the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law then took he him up in his arms what a contrast from Genesis when God scooped the dirt together and formed the image of man and with his eternal breath he breathed the breath of life into the soul of man and man became a living soul and God took him up in his arms walked with him daily and the eve, the cool of the eve protected him in the wilderness protected him in captivity fed him when there was no food watered him when there was no water clothed him when there was no clothes what a contrast now that feeble man that human that God created is reaching out and bringing into his arms the creator of the universe and held God in his arms God made himself vulnerable to me and to you because he loved us. We find in Luke chapter 2 and 30 a preview, a sneak preview if you please of why he came. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared for the face of the people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He was so vulnerable to man that Herod in Matthew 2 and 13 he thought he could kill him he became beside himself in verse 16 began to kill all of the babies Jesus had made himself so vulnerable that the devil thought he could take him out he became as a common man poor he didn't come a king Luke 2 and 24 says, And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. He's the king of the universe. He, own, he owns everything. When he builds heaven, or as he's building heaven, if you please, he's paving the roads, the Bible says, with gold. The walls are made of jasper. There are rubies everywhere. And all the foundations of heaven. He owns it all. He rules it all. But when he came to this earth, he came.
same as a poor man born in a manger around just an old bunch of boards and some old stinky hay and maybe a few animals I don't know that's how he came and when it come time to give his sacrifice he couldn't bring a lamb he couldn't bring a ram he couldn't bring any of these things Joseph didn't have the money Mary didn't have the money they had to come to the priest with a couple little doves and when you read in Leviticus you find out that only the poor brought doves and here they come to the priest for the circumcision of the sacrifice to offer the lamb of the birth of her firstborn male child and she hands into the hands of a priest a couple of doves I can only only imagine the thinking of that priest oh my what a poor family oh they don't have anything they don't own anything he made himself vulnerable to men Stay with me, for you know the grace of the Lord, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that though that through his poverty we, you and I, might be made rich. And G, Matthew 8, 20, and Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests in the air, but the Son of Man have no place to lay his head. In verse 55 or 13 of Matthew, they said, is this not the carpenter's son? Isaiah tells us, when you looked at him, he wasn't pretty to look at. He came lowly. He came calmly. He became vulnerable. He put himself in our hands. And the question today is, what are you going to do with him? How are you going to handle him? Are you going to take advantage of his vulnerability? Are you going to take advantage of his grace? Take advantage of his mercy and live your life like an ungodly devil and knowing that every time you get on your knees he'll cover you with mercy and he'll cover you with grace because he loves you so much that's taking advantage of his vulnerability or are you going to recognize who has come to you what power has come to you what glory has come to you what opportunity has come to you and handle him with swaddling clothing watch over him very delicately live my life in such a way that it brings glory to the king clap your hands to the Lord come on praise him for a moment it's been a while since I preached my voice it's trying to warm up he came as one of us that we might become like him for he shall grow up before him 
Isaiah 53 and 2. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness. When you shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Paul says in Galatians, but when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son under the law to do what? To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. He says in 2 Corinthians 2, 5 and 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I want you to listen to this preacher today. He became sin. That flesh upon that cross, it absorbed into it while it was dying. Every incest, every adultery, every fornication, every drunkenness, every murder, everything you can think of, every evil, he became sin so that I, watch, that I might live righteously. You better hear this preacher. Because I'm telling you, we live in a generation today where religion is basically teaching this eternal grace. You can't fail. You can't be lost. No matter what you do and what they're teaching, he died for your sins. So stay in your sins. The Bible says the opposite. I died for your sins so you could get out. So you could come out. Come out. Come out. Come out, come out. He didn't shed his blood on Calvary. Come and make himself vulnerable to the hands of men to slay him on a cross so that you can continue to live in your sin and unrighteousness and then justify it because you come to the house of God on Sunday and you feel his presence and he's so good and loving to you that he blesses you and he forgives you. How are you going to handle this God? Are you going to take advantage of his love and his goodness and his kindness and his grace by continuing to live unrighteously, by doing whatever your flesh pleases to do, by walking a path of unrighteousness because you just know he's an eternal, forgiving, loving God? Or are you going to straighten things up and you're going to recognize what he did to bring you out of sin and begin to live a life that is pleasing unto him? came to die for our sins tell your neighbor Christ is vulnerable in your hands he's vulnerable he came to die for our sins and this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Philippians puts it this way. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, he would God, made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even to the death of the cross. That's what happened 
when God put himself in the hands of men. That's what happened. When God made himself vulnerable to man. When God came into this world and manifested himself in the flesh according to 1 Timothy 3 and 16. And walked amongst men. That's what happened. They nailed him to a cross. They shoved a spear in his side. They put a, planted a, a crown of thorns upon his head. They pulled the hair out of his face. And they beat his back with a whip until his bones and, in, and internal organs would show. And his body completely depleted itself as blood as he hung upon the cross. Paul sums it up. For as much as, for as, much as the children are poor partakers of flesh and blood and also himself likewise took of the same and that through the death he might destroy him that had power of death that is the devil plotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us he took it out of the way nailing it to the cross he became vulnerable he brought salvation to me he brought salvation to you he brought the greatest hope that you can ever have Peter said it like this the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but he is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. How vulnerable can you be that you would come amongst men and let them nail you to a cross without any expectation of a single person receiving his love? He totally put the entire act of Calvary back into your hands and left it up to you whether you would say yes or whether you would say no John said from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him and Jesus said to the twelve will you go away also then Simon answered him and said Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life and we believe and assure that you are the Christ and the son of the living God even the ones that walked with him while he did the miracles and opened up the blinded eyes and unstopped the deaf ears and caused the cripple to walk as he proclaimed the words of truth and spoke them as he broke bread and fed multitudes as he stretched his hand and calmed the sea as men watched and saw the great acts the moment he began to preach against their flesh the moment he began to teach truth that went contrary to what they wanted to enjoy in the flesh the bible says they began to walk away but the disciples looked at him and said where what the words that you are saying they are the words of life we know that the other things is sin and when sin is finished it bringeth forth death we're going to stay with you we're going to choose you and Joshua said as for me and my family this day we choose to serve the Lord that is the vulnerability of Christ in your hands what will you do with him That's the question today. Will you continue to live on the fence and continue to give pleasures to your flesh? Will you continue to live in sin knowing that if you'll fall upon your face, he again will bathe you with his mercy and with his grace? Or will you begin to walk a life that will bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ that men might see your good works the Bible says and glorify the Father that is in heaven that the Father might be lifted up that all men might be drawn unto him. See he's vulnerable in your hands. He's given himself to you. To do what you please. 
He wasn't only vulnerable as a child when he came on that day born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothing. He wasn't just vulnerable when the priest, the high priest Simon held him in his arm. He wasn't just vulnerable when Herod sent out an army to chase down and kill every child two years and under. He wasn't just vulnerable when Christ tried to take his life multiple times and stone him multiple times. He wasn't just vulnerable even when he was nailed to a cross and shed his blood. He's vulnerable right now, today, in your hands. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 22. Music, if you'll come, we're going to close. He's vulnerable to your decision. Tell your, tell your neighbor, Christ is vulnerable to your decisions. Let me ask you a question. God filled you with his spirit. He came into you. He spoke out of you in a heavenly language. He lives in you. Do you think every time that you choose to commit sin that he jumps out of your body? No. You walk into a boardroom, he walks in with you. You lay down for fornication, he lays down with you. You watch ungodliness on your television or on your computer and he's there with you. I'm not saying he's enjoying it. I know he's not because you feel the grieveness of the Holy Ghost that's pricking your heart at every moment of every time, of every second, of everything that you're doing. But he's vulnerable in your hands. See, the question is, is where will you bring him? What will you do with him? The question is, is what will you watch with him? What will you listen? Where will you go? What will you see? What will you entertain yourself? What will you take into your body? How will you treat this body? He's vulnerable. Because he loves you. And that's what love does. Love makes itself vulnerable Colossians says in the body of his flesh through death so present you holy and blameless unreprovable in his sight here it is though here it is See, these are the little words that the religious world leaves out Paul tells us in Colossians verse 22 watch this in the body In the body of his flesh, through death, the cross. Why? To present you. Look at your neighbor and say, you. Tell him, the Lord wants to present you holy, tell him, and blameless, unreprovable, in his sight. That's how he wants to present you. Now the religious world will tell you the moment you accept him, that's all there is to it. That's the way you're going to present it no matter how you live or what you do. I'm here to tell you the word of God does not tell you that. The very next verse says, so what does the Lord want to do in verse 22? Present you holy, blameless, unreprovable. Paul says in verse 23, everyone say if, 
if, if. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. You're not saying it because you're scared. Say if. If we continue. Verse 22 is predicated on verse 23. If you don't continue, he cannot present you holy. He cannot present you blameless. And he cannot present you unreprovable. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Vulnerable in your hands. He comes to you. He gives himself to you. He enters into you. He forgives you of your sins. He washes away your past through baptism in the name of Jesus. And he begins to walk with you. Yes, he does. His desire is to present you holy, blameless, and unreprovable. But he's not going to force it. He's vulnerable. You can utterly abuse him. You can trample on his grace and his love. And he wants to help and he wants to be there. But if you do certain things, you are going to suffer the consequences of those things. And here's the amazing thing about it. He will suffer them with you. He will suffer them with you. Hoping that maybe through your suffering, you might just truly turn to him and give your life to him. A few more verses. Paul tells us in Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, listen to this. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Do you hear the words of Paul? When God came into you, this body became his. He says, know you not, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, for us to present our bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord, holy, acceptable, which is our reasonable service. This body belongs to him. Paul the Apostle says, are you going to take the body of Christ? Or are you going to make it the members of a harlot? Is that what you're going to do? That's how vulnerable he is. 16, what? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Paul said, when you joined with God, y'all became one. Everywhere as you go, he goes. He's with you in everything that you do. I think one of the greatest revelations that 
ever came to me quite a few years ago is when I truly understood that this was his body and that I was continuously doing things with his body that weren't right. So Paul says in verse 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own, for ye are, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's what happened. When he came to this world, he fused spirit with flesh. He was the walking incarnation of the Holy Ghost. And when he resurrected, he said, tarry you in Jerusalem until you are a dude and power from on high. He said, the promise of the Father is going to come. And the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He said, you shall receive power. I'm closing. Grace for Galatians 4 and 11. Let's stand. Every mind on God. Every mind on God. Grace. Galatians 4 and 11. Listen to Paul the Apostle. I am afraid of you lest I have bestowed on you labor in vain. I have worked. Paul said, I have labored, I have taught you, I have prayed with you, I have labored in your life. And now I am afraid. I have labored in vain. A vulnerable Christ. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Paul said, don't be wary in well-doing. Endure to the end. Don't draw back. Return. Don't return to the vomit as the dog does. Know that God sees what you see, hears what you hear, goes where you go, touches what you touch. So the question is, what is going to be your decision today? Because even while he hung on the cross, there were two men. One was on his right and one was on the left. They were murderers. They were thieves. They deserved everything that they were, they were receiving. And the Bible says one of them lashed out at him and said, If thou be the Christ, take yourself down from here and save all of us if you're the Christ. But the other one said, No. I deserve what's happening to me. But not him. No. Not him. Lord, remember me when you come for your kingdom. This day. Shalt thou be with me in paradise. That was the culmination. That was the apex.
the climax of the event that took place in a manger. He came and he made himself vulnerable to me and you. And even on the cross to show you how vulnerable he made himself in the middle of his suffering one denied and one accepted he couldn't make them do anything and he's not going to make you you're here today and you've never received Christ into your life Now maybe you have a little better understanding of just what he did. And no, he's not going to make you serve him. But he is making himself available to you. He is making himself vulnerable in your life. We invite you to come to reach out to the Lord and let him touch you. For he surely will. He is a merciful, loving God. Maybe you are here and... You have chosen at one time to serve God, but you know you have not really been living that life the way that you ought to live that life. And today you realize that you were bringing Him places. I don't know, maybe in your mind, maybe you thought that when you were doing these things, God was somewhere else, but He wasn't. He was right there with you he never left you he never forsook you but oh he was grieved and you come running back to him and you throw yourself at the altar and you throw your hands up and the glory of God comes back on you and you feel his love and you feel his mercy and y'all love one another and everything's great and you get up and things are good for a day or two but then you carry him right back he doesn't leave you he loves you he goes with you that's why he knows you ever thought he's there in your mind he knows your ever desire. He's there in your heart. He knows your every way, your every deed. He's there. Everything that you have done, He's there. I wonder if today you would step out and say, God, I didn't realize, Lord, I, it, it, it just didn't cross my mind. God, I want to do better. I want to understand that this is this is your vessel. You fill me with your spirit and, and I belong to you. And I, I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. I'm yours. Oh God, I want to do better. I, I want to I want to make sure my eyes see things. I, my ears hear things. My hands do things that are pleasing to you. And I, 
I want to take myself out of these ungodly things and remove myself out of fornication or out of adultery or out of putting things in my body that are not right out of looking at things that are wrong and lustful and ungodly thinking things that are not right saying things that are not right going places that are not right I'm so sorry God I wonder if you're here and you'll just want to come down and and just say Lord I'm going to do better I'm going to do better with your body I'm going to do better with your temple this is your temple I'm going to do better with it God I'm going to do better I wonder if today the rest of us if we would just be willing to come and recognize that that God is vulnerable and He can only go where we take Him. And if God moves on our heart to witness to somebody, we need to be willing to respond to that. If God moves on our heart to buy groceries for someone, we need to be willing to respond to that because that's God loving them. If the Lord moves upon us to wash someone's car or or just to do something for them, to, I don't know, just anything at all, God's trying to love them through you. And and He's at your mercy. He's at your willingness to reach out and touch and minister. Are we willing to come down and say, God, I recognize this is your body. I belong to you. This is your vessel. I'm bought by a price. And here I am, God. Here I am, Lord. I wonder if we'd come and cry out to the Lord. Backslider, would you come? Come on. Lukewarmer, would you come? Would you come? Come on. Come on, you've fallen in sin lately. You've done something you shouldn't have done. Don't run from God. That's condemnation. God isn't here to condemn you. He's here to convict you and love you. If you've messed up, come. Come to the altar. Come give it to God. Come recognize that this body belongs to Him. Come give your body to Him.